Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Hughes 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? I'm so tired of playing the game. Of playing the game. Everything from below the waist <laughs> is kaput. <laughs> Pretty much, that's how I felt after the 5K this weekend. Oh, right. You actually used those legs for, like, moving. Sure did, yeah. Betsy. You know how I could tell? I got a new uh, I got a new Apple Watch and I could see the sheer amount of work you did yeah. that I was not doing. Yeah, all the it was at um 6:55 my time. Uh-huh. It was 66 degrees out. Uh-huh. And I was working on 2 to 3 hours of sleep. Uh-huh. And the worst part of it is that while our father and I are running uphill mind you at both the, ways at the two, in the snow it was up yeah, to here we're yeah. barefooted no yeah. so we're running up this hill at the two mile mark we're getting close to the three mile mark when this old old guy like even dad was like he's an old man wait a minute he's probably my age <laughs> he he just bolts out of nowhere runs right past us and i'm dying i want to quit and i'm like i can't quit there's two old men that yeah, are faster like, than yeah. i am we get to the three mile mark and get hit with wind Ugh. Did it feel good? No. What? We it was were running. Hot wind? We were running into it. Oh. So it, I would think I don't run, so that just sounds delightful. It but was awful. Was it like when you're on the subway and like a train's coming? You're like, oh, I know wind comes before it, and it'll feel great, and then it's like so much worse. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got donuts, and it was okay. The end. Speaking of competition, ooh. Uh, what do we what do we call this podcast here, Kate? Uh, which book can you read the fastest? Uh, yes. Which book can you read the fastest? <laughs> this is why we only do picture books on this podcast, because that's the entire point of it. Like, you get a picture book, and I get a picture book, and we see who can read it even faster than the other Good person. Good night, stars. Good night, life. <laughs> Good night, nothing. What? Yes. Good night, life. Yeah. You read a much different version of that than <laughs> I did. It's a very short book. It's a very dark book. No, the name of this podcast is Fuse 8 and Kate. Oh. And we do read picture books, so that much, that much was true. And, uh, and what do we do with said picture books? Contemplate life in each book? No, we determine if they are good or crap. Right. If they are classics or wildly forgettable. Sure. And uh, as you will see when we get to letters time, uh, we did a very popular book yeah. last week. And so I decided to do a another book from around the same time period, but actually playing fair this time. And uh, this book... Uh, it's older than 20 years old? It is 20 years old like okay. i'm a nosy idea. all right uh but i i literally googled picture books that came out in the year 2002 dear mrs larue bye there's more oh sorry dear mrs larue <sighs> letters from obedience school right bye mark teague see i think this one's perfect because there's a dog and it's white and you own a dog that is white. Well, he's not really white. And your dog also writes letters in epistolary type picture books. I mean, he's left-handed, not right-handed. <laughs> okay, but... well, yeah. 
<laughs> nitpicky, why don't you? <laughs> yes, and that, that therefore that makes you Mrs. LaRue. Oh. Seen here. I mean, her hair is white, my hair is it's white. It's doing a little flippy thing just like yours is. <laughs> Uh, except she's, I like how Ooh, they clearly we should pose do a, her. Yeah, we should do a yeah, side by side. We should, because they clearly pose her with like that fist, like, yes, we will, we will take a picture and put that on the old Instagram. Nice. I think that is a good way. And until we do that though, uh, read that book. <laughs> While Kate does her read, let's learn more about Mark Teague. Oh yeah. Mark Teague. Yeah. Didn't see that one coming, did you? I've never run into Mark Teague. I don't, I don't run into him at conferences. I don't see him around. I, I know very little about him. So I was kind of curious to find out more. I thought, well, I'll go to, I'll go to the Mark Teague website. Doesn't exist. Maybe it did once. Sure as heck doesn't now. So I had to sort of tool around and find out what else he might've done. And well, it turns out the first thing you need to know about Mark Teague is that he didn't go to art school. He didn't go to school for writing books in any way, shape, or form. Uh, you know, he enjoyed sketching and doodling. Didn't think of it as a career. He got a degree in American history, apparently. And then he picks himself up, and he moves from San Diego to New York City, and his first job was at a, quote, large Manhattan bookstore. Now, I was not able to find the name of this bookstore. I'm going to guess it was Eeyore's, or Books of Wonder. But I'm going to guess Eeyore's because a lot of children's authors and illustrators started out at Eeyore's before it went boo. So anyway, he's working there. He would arrange the window displays. Uh, he would look at the latest picture books. And he got kind of inspired. So he wrote and illustrated a story of his own. It was about a boy who takes a subway ride from the city back to the countryside. And then in 1989, Scholastic published this story. It was called The Trouble with the Johnsons. And then that same year, Publishers Weekly features Teague as one of 11 prominent new authors to watch. He hasn't been doing as much lately, you might have noticed, but I am happy to say that he does have a book coming out in August of this year. It's called King Kong's Cousin. We'll see how that goes. Hello. Hi. Hi. I have issues. No, you don't. Yes. Oh, yes. I do. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. Nah. This is not a good book, Betsy. What? Do, do you think it's a good book? I didn't say anything. I think you should read it um, while I play the violin so it can sound like, uh, you know, the Ken Burns uh, Civil War letters. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. LaRue. <laughs> My dearest My LaRue. My dearest LaRue. <laughs> exactly. So we take, this takes place in, I do like this, it takes place in Snort City. <laughs> Because that's a great name. Snort City, here we come. Yep. And uh, and we start off with a newspaper clipping that says that a local dog is entering an obedience school. Because that is... It's a slow news It's day. a very it's slow, a really news slow day. day. But you know, everyone loves pet articles. You know, local interest. That's a little... That's a little low-key even just, for pet interest articles, yeah. Hey, maybe Snort City only has like 10 people in it. Maybe they then, only have one dog. Hey, there you go. There you go. And this one dog is going to obedience school who is owned by Mrs. LaRue. Uh, Perhaps he committed many crimes, and this is why he has like a mugshot there. Well, she said that he he's torn her best camel's hair coat. Camel's hair coat? I've heard of raccoon hair skin coats. Uh, I guess I've heard of camel hair coat, but I have not. Is it? The, it must be the rough and outer the, portion of their because it wouldn't feel good if 
a I mean, dog, the downy the downy undercoat is nice. But... The dog's claws were able to tear through it. I mean, you've actually sat on a camel, have That's you not? A, I have. They're rough. Yeah. Critters, yeah. And unless the dog has, like, talons, <laughs> how is he tearing? I don't know. Anyway. I think we need to get ourselves a camel's hair coat and bring in your dog. That's okay. And see, you sure? Okay. Yeah, no. I, no science, Kate. Science. So, uh, right. So he goes to the school and every day he writes her a letter saying, Dear Mrs. LaRue. So he lives with her, yet he's not on a first name basis with her. Oh, he's is, just formal in his letters. Or is he uh, respecting his elders? Exactly. Ah. Also, he's trying to get something out of her, and you want to be as polite as possible when asking for a favor. Gotcha. Like, get me out of here. Right, yeah. So every day he's writing letters, pretty much just saying, like, I am stuck in the school, get me out of here. Right. It's like a prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, in his room, he has a framed picture of himself. Well, so, that's a character note, now, wouldn't you say? Well, he also has a framed picture of her, but this is the first time we see a framed picture of himself. So, Betsy, mm. when when your kids go to summer camp, I yes. want you to be sure to pack with them their school <laughs> their picture and frame it. How weird would that be? Like put it in with their clothes. You're setting they... up your summer camp room with all your roommates, and then you just put a picture of yourself there. Framed picture. <laughs> on the wall. Like, yeah. And this is me. And they're like, be... we know. We see you. You're Gold, right here. Gold-framed picture. Gold-framed picture. Yes. Of course. <laughs> yep so he's going on and on about like some of the things that she didn't like how he would uh you know eat the chicken pie right off the kitchen counter and he's trying to explain away like why he did it or you know the would you call him an unreliable narrator Uh, a bit it's a bit biased Uh uh-huh yeah Then he starts talking about his teacher in the class, because now he's starting to mm-hmm. get into the classes, and he refers to his teacher as a warden, huh. because it feels like he's in a prison. Right. However, I, okay, well, a lot of the things he's saying are clear indications of this is an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. The guilt, he, the degrading... <laughs> I see. Between him and Mrs. LaRue. Yes, like, he is belittling her in these mm. comments. I'm thinking, like, honey, leave this dog there and go get a new dog. Get yourself a new dog who's Because less, you do not uh... deserve this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The way that he's treating her in these letters is like, oh, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is called an abusive relationship. <laughs> um, Unhealthy at the very least. Well, yeah. And but... then as he's talking about his teacher, the illustration that's, like, his imagination right. of what he's writing. Not only has he changed her hairstyle, he's also changed her race. Well, that's interesting. Don't you think that's that? Because she is black in real life and and quite nice looking, and has like curly hair, shoulder right. length, and then you get to his like imaginary illustration, and it's... are we sure that that's supposed to be her? I mean, there's no other teacher. And there's no other woman. She's got like. Frankenstein hair, or like Marge Simpson hair. Yeah, it's and a going weird... straight up, Ugh. and she's white. Yeah, I mean she looks. I mean white. it's black and white, but it is. But that's a very very weird choice, right? And she comes up multiple times. In yeah, the no, she's a white warden, but his teacher is black. We don't know. She's clearly white. Yeah. So why would the illustrator do that? Well, I can understand him not wanting to make the villain of the piece black Mm -hmm. by the same token why would she be black in real life and he would change her to a white villain in the it's just strange 
Right. It's very strange. Uh, so Choices were made. <laughs> they sure were. Mm. Uh, but I do have a choice of it. If, 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 if I had to get a tattoo, ah. my tattoo would be there's a little bat <laughs> in his fake okay, prison is, cell in his imagination. That is a delightful bat. It is adorable yeah that is adorable and that would be my tattoo it has Excellent. nothing to do with the story all right and that's my tattoo and everything to do with your tattoo exactly yes. all right so he's uh he he's had his typewriter taken away and now he's writing to mrs larue with a paper and pencil like a he's like he's in like his door 17th room. century yeah he also seems to have a margarita being made and a oh so he has this blender, blender with like a a fruity drink with a little umbrella sticking uh-huh. out right on the blender it says dyna blender i looked it up there is a dyna blend blender that exists <laughs> so does this count as a brand well in that the book? does sure unless it's considered an in joke for some reason often i will find that you'll get name brands in kids books but only when the author illustrator is doing some sort of in-joke to someone you don't know. Hmm. So that would be my guess, because otherwise, I doubt he got sponsorship for this particular blender. For From Dynablend Blender? Dynablend yeah. Blender. I don't know. <laughs> when you've got something to blend, Dynablend Blender. When you put your dog in obedience school and you need a margarita, <laughs> Dynablend Blender. <laughs> That's our advertisement. It is. I know. We should get paid now. Right. Dynablend well, Blender. You should sponsor us. Exactly. <laughs> we need a sponsor. And, but while he's, you know, explaining, you know, during dinner time, you know, how much his life is a nightmare, his, his imagination illustration here is showing the lunch lady showing like there's no growling, no slobbering, no barks and no seconds. But I think this is the second book you've given me with a tattoo because the lunch lady has a tattoo. Is that a lady? I think so. There's boobs. Is it boobs or is that just pecs? I'm going to go with, uh, boobs. <laughs> All right, boobs or pecs, folks. We're gonna have to. We'll put on to bring this on Instagram. Yeah, yeah we'll, this is important. We'll put question. a poll up and see. But what yes, there is a tattoo on the arm. Yep, it's the heart, and it says "Mom." You know, right, your standard traditional. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sometimes the classics are back. Yep. Yeah. So now we're about a weekend, and he's now faking an illness. Uh, he's claiming that his paw hurts, and then he was feeling really bad, and so now he's laying in bed, and the chart on his bed. Uh, says that the diagnosis is that he's a hypochondriac, and uh, <laughs> yeah, fair point. Yeah, and then you, which I was like, I don't know if kids would know about that. And then That's you, okay. and then you flip the page, and he's reading a book called The Birdman of Alcatraz, and I'm like, <laughs> pretty sure kids don't know what Alcatraz is either. So is this book just teaching things like? There's a lot of kids' books about Alcatraz. I'll just say that much. Really? Yeah, there's a picture book this year out about the gardener of Alcatraz. That is the actual title, The Gardener of Alcatraz, about the guy who. He was a prisoner. He got hired to be the gardener of Alcatraz, and he did such a fantastic job that he became a gardener when he left Alcatraz. Huh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So he uh, he does escape, as we find out in a news clipping. Um, he gets in a taxi cab, a checker cab. Betsy, where do checker cabs come from? New York City. No. Oh, Kalamazoo. Yeah. <laughs> this is a nice little shout-out to Kalamazoo, Michigan. It sure looks like it. It's, is he uh, in a pickle? Uh, no. Or celery, I guess. So it would be celery. celery. Yeah, yeah, sorry. No. But I thought that was Is a nice little... Is he playing a Gibson uh... guitar? No, but it's yeah. a nice little shout out there to Kalamazoo, Michigan Yay. with a checker cab. So he's again writing to her about how he's suffered horribly. Um, meanwhile, he's in a restaurant eating a club sandwich with fries. How are you going to pay for that club sandwich with fries? Uh, I don't know. What restaurant would give a dog an entire club a, sandwich with who fries? who would like 
serve the dog. But then B, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then the next page is him, like, he's on a plane. How? So, Did he just steal her credit card at some point? So he's he, just like... He escapes. Uh-huh. He takes a cab to the airport. He eats in an airport restaurant where mm. he gets free food. He gets on a plane... Um, and then all to get back to her? Okay, so what about this airplane picture is dated to you? Because I noticed something. Well, he's using the airplane's free headphones. Yeah, but I, I, I have been on flights where they still do that. Um, it's the peanuts. I can't get peanuts on a plane anymore. Really? No, they don't serve peanuts. Pretzels? Sure. Southwest used to do peanuts. They used to, but I think because of the peanut allergies, they've stopped doing it. So huh. I can't get peanuts anymore. That's weird. If you folks at home think I'm wrong, feel free to write me at <laughs> fusecode8 at gmail.com. Well, uh, you flip the page after he's been on this plane, and you get a, this image of a giant truck. And the truck has a license plate that says, get letter U, the number two. And I'm like, yes, get you two. Get them. Get, get Bono. I hate that band, <laughs> so I'm all about this license How plate. How can you hate Bono. How can you like you too? I'll just sing some songs and I think you'll appreciate them more if I just so, sing them all. Uh, so what's happening Starting with Joshua on this all page, right. uh, he somehow, we get another news clipping, hero dog saves owner. Apparently the dog rolls underneath or right past the truck that was going to hit his owner and he like kicks his owner. I guess he kicks her out of the way of the truck. I'm going to need to see truck. the physics of this sort of explained to me. But all right, yeah. Yeah, and, but again, I don't see anyone driving that truck. Could he have set this whole thing up? I, mm, mm. Interesting. Well, he he does um, ruin her coat again, which I'm like, what is it with this woman? And he her? just hates that she's because she got a new camel hair coat that he is again ruined he's torn it she may need to reconsider the whole camel hair coat is it the line. color is it the texture what it is it be, that i she... mean it's not I, mean, I think it's a status symbol but who's wh- like who goes into a store and says i only want your finest camel hair jacket please <laughs> for no no leather of course not what am i an animal camel hair how oh. many how many do you have in stock you get me too i have a naughty dog <laughs> Uh, but right, so the, the the newspaper clip is like, oh, he saved his owner, and they're gonna like throw this giant party Ticker for him. tape parade, essentially. Yeah, they're having signs here that say, "I like Ike" because Ike's the name of the dog. But I'm thinking, Ike is the name of the dog. Ike's the name of the dog. And oh, okay. I have a point about that later, but okay. Is this like a political statement with these "I like Ike" signs? Oh, yeah, 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 all that was the Eisenhower. Place? That was his. Uh, that was the motto on all the buttons for for him. Uh, I like Ike was the. Yeah, I'm yeah. just wondering if the illustrator was trying to like subliminally get that in there. And, I get it. Uh, he was a secret Eisenhower yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Who then like uh, the story ends with again the dog eating the food that he shouldn't have been doing, uh, just like before the end. Okay, so let me let me explain why I was confused that his name is Ike, uh, because here there there were three sequels to this. It was so popular. The, these are the titles of the three sequels. See if you can see why I was confused. The first one is called uh, LaRue Across America. The second one is LaRue for Mayor. And the third one is Detective LaRue. Now, 
In all three of these cases, oh. it sure looks like the dog's name is LaRue, even though clearly the title of this one is Dear Mrs. Mrs. LaRue. Oh, I just imagined her like traveling around and becoming the mayor and then deciding she That's doesn't want to be mayor anymore. That's not what the covers seem to indicate, though. Well, his last name is LaRue. Okay, so that makes slightly more sense then. Okay. But, okay. but, but I really but want it to be... It is an interesting be, shift between... I'd rather it be about the the woman than about him. Yeah. <laughs> we want to see more Mrs. LaRue. That's I, what the people want. I mean, first she... I mean, she looks so good in her jacket that she... They have people compliment her. She knows everyone in town. She, she figures I might as well become mayor and help make some changes. Maybe we can get another store that sells camel hair coats. And then someone steals one of the camel hair coats and she's like, I don't want to be mayor anymore. I want to be a detective. <laughs> and then she goes and figures out where... Who stole the jacket? And then she figures Going out, across oh, America. there's other people. Yes, there's other stores around the country that sell camel hair coats. I'm going to go travel the world and see where I can buy more. Co- I <laughs> love the idea that the, the subsequent sequels are really all about her and the dog yes. is just left at home. And it's her letters to him about all her adventures. I approve. All right. Well, this was very popular with teachers. I am unclear if it is still popular with teachers. We will find out if it is still popular with teachers because... Uh, there is a site called Teachers Pay Teachers. Uh, this is a marketplace where teachers buy and sell original educational materials. And there are so many lesson plans with this book. So many. Why? Because it's an epistolary picture book. It's written in letters, and that is an assignment that kids often get, uh, is to write letters. And then here's a book that's entirely written in letters. There are a lot of picture books, uh, that are written in letters, but this is perhaps... One of the most famous of them. Ratings time. So I'll be honest, not a fan. If that wasn't clearly obvious. So obviously I've said it before and I'll say it again. This is an abusive relationship. Okay. Um, here's another example. If I mean, you there's want a power one. differential here. You have to understand. He's he's not the one with the power. Uh, he's clearly the one with the power. <laughs> I see. Um, he's, well, he's certainly like trying to enforce that because he doesn't he feels like the power is slipping away oh i see what you're saying and now he needs to try and get it back he says things like think of all the times i've saved you um i must say you weren't very grateful uh but the point is you need me now imagine a man saying that that to a woman you have a real legit point with that because, yeah, that is a male character I, writing to a female character and if I saying... Did, if I didn't say that's a dog, yeah. if I said that is a man in a relationship with a woman, yeah. how would you feel about that? Yeah. Not great. You are right. This has aged very poorly. And uh, and she and at the end, she takes the abuser back. Yeah. Yeah, she does. So, have we learned nothing? <laughs> yeah. I, do not accept people in your life who belittle you, who guilt you, or make you feel less than... Um, or that your life is meaningless without them because that is not a healthy relationship. I gave this a three. I like the bat. I like the Kalamazoo <laughs> nod. I like the name of the city. And I like the truck driver who hates the band U2. But other than that, <laughs> I don't like the story. I don't like the dog. I don't even really like the illustrations. Oh, see, I do like the illustrations. Um, I, I do like the style of Mark Teague. I don't know what's going on, I admit, with the racial elements with the jailer versus the obedient school teacher. I don't know what that is. But in general, I like Teague's art. Um, And this is one of his more detailed books. He's clearly trying to go for a Snoopy vibe here, I would say. I mean, talk about a dog who writes and has a strange relationship with his own owner. Um, I think that's what he probably, if he 
I don't know. I've never seen any interviews with him. But if I, you know, I had to guess, that's what he'd be asked. I don't dislike it as much as you, but I certainly don't think it's a classic. So I'm a little higher than you. I'm going to go a 3.75. Yeah, so this is not a classic. Oh, it's not, not a, a classic. classic. No. No, 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 no. Come at us, teachers. I don't like it. We like the dot. What more do you want? Yeah. We just did a, a book. And speaking of the dot, it's letters time. <laughs> oh, so many people wrote in about the dot. So I had a lot of comments on this. Uh, you know, I do the show notes for each of our podcast episodes and put them on my blog. And I got a bunch of people commenting on the blog, which doesn't always happen with these things. One teacher in particular, Miss Yingling, she wrote, maybe all elementary teachers know this one. Not one I have read, but I do very few picture books. Peter H. Reynolds himself responds to her. Well, I hope you get a chance to read it. It's a quick read but has a message I feel passionately about. Being able to see potential in a person even before they see it in themselves. And then he did a little sideways heart emoji, uh, which was just so cute. So, And it was kind of a thrill having him write a comment. Did you ask him if it's stab versus jab? Uh, you know what? It was that... in the post, so if he didn't comment, then I think he wants to leave it open to interpretation. Okay. But we did get some votes on that one of the stab v jab. Yeah, uh, most people thought it was a it was a stab. It not, certainly looks like a stab. Not a jab. Well, that's because of the red there. Yeah. Then we got a note from uh, Sarah. She said, uh, Whoo, I love doing the dot when I taught preschool. For any commenters looking for a fun project, cover a round table with bulletin board paper. You'll need two pieces for a large preschool table. Tape it down securely so it won't wiggle. Put out all of the drawing stuff. Crayons, markers, dot bottles, oil pastels, naked crayons for rubbing all of it. Leave it out until the whole table is covered with color. Then take a black naked crayon and rub it along the edge of the table all the way around several times to make a bold outline. Untape the paper and voila, a huge collaborative dot. Posted by the front door of your school for back-to-school night. So impressive. You're welcome. I thought that was nice. Nice. That was a nice little thing. And then finally, we had a note from Lisa, who wrote, Hi, Betsy and Kate. Hello. Thank you so much for your podcast. I really enjoyed it and look forward to it every week. You have encouraged me to take a much closer look at books we think of as quote-unquote classics. I wasn't sure if you knew, but the Peter Reynolds slash Cat Stevens, who no longer goes by Cat Stevens, uh, Peace Train book is already out. Uh, that was my mistake. I said that it was coming out, and it actually already came out. Also, Peter Reynolds actually owns a bookstore in Massachusetts, Blue Bunny Books. Thanks to my son's annual hockey tournaments, I have been able to visit it for the past several years and add new books and prints to my growing library collection. It's worth a stop if you are ever in Denham, Massachusetts, wishing you a great week ahead. Aww. Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. I have never been to Blue Bunny Books because I have not been to Denham, Massachusetts that I know of. Uh, but if I ever find myself in that area, I would more than be happy to, to stop by it. I should make uh, a list one of these days of all the children's authors that own bookstores. It's not a huge list, but it is an interesting list. Cool. Grown-up things we like. You go first. I finally saw Coda, uh, which, uh, you know, won an Oscar and all that. Um, I think where, I don't even remember. Do you know where it's streaming? It's streaming somewhere. It's like Apple Plus or something. Yeah. Okay. So it's Apple Plus. Um, boy, that's a, that's a heart warmer. If ever, I mean, that's just, I had heard people before it won saying, oh, Coda's going to win. It's the most heartwarming of all the Oscar nominees. And, uh, and sure as shooting, I thought, you know, I don't know. I, I heard the plot and I was like, oh, this could be, this could be a dark, gritty film. 
No, I mean, there's there's serious elements to it, but it is very funny. Highly recommend it. Uh, mom, if you're listening, this is a mom movie. 100%. <laughs> a mom movie. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, my grown-up thing is, it's only sort of a half thing I like. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I saw Moulin Rouge uh, on Broadway. Oh, well, uh, well, not Broadway on Chicago. Broadway on Chicago, yeah. Uh, and I loved the set pieces, the lighting, <laughs> the costumes, uh, even some of the props were uh, clever. Yep. I, yeah, yeah, there's a reason I haven't. Felt inclined to the go main see old, actor has a beautiful voice. That's great. The Ewan McGregor character. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For those and, of us who or saw the, the film. guy who won the Tony is in Schmigadoon. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's good. But it looked fantastic. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. No, I've never felt an inclination to see that one. Uh, well, we won the lottery. I, oh yeah, you got to see it for free. Well, it wasn't free. It was thirty dollars tickets, but right. we got to sit center. In the seventh eh, row. Eh, that's not the worst. That's it's not, not the worst. worst. Yeah. We didn't pay 200 bucks. I'll take 30. Yeah. So. so grown up things we. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Well, um, at some point here, we're going to have some of our special guests coming up. I'm not remembering if it's the next one or the one after that. Um, but hey, there you go. We, we, we've been doing a new, nice mix recently of, of things you like and things you don't like at the same time. And then uh, soon you got to give me a book that I'm eh about. All right. I will look <laughs> for all the eh I can. Okay. And until I find it, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fusing Kate is a Fuse number eight production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our eh is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird. <laughs>